This is Yehudi Falman. We're doing Mishlei chapter 18, but we're starting with uh, verse 26 of Perek Yuzayin. And I'm trying to make the point that starting verse 26 to verse 9 of chapter 18, I think is a literary unit. You have the, the word Gam be, beginning three psukim, 26, 28, and 18.9. You also have Lotov in verse 26, and you have it again in verse 5 of chapter 18. And later on, we're going to have Matzah Isha, Matzah Tov. So the, what I'm trying to say is from a literary point of view, this, this can be isolated as a unit. But we also learn something very important about Sefer Mishle from the whole process of doing this, which is creating units in Sefer Mishle is easier to do by literary form than it is by actual content. No one has ever been able to really make sense content-wise of the way the Proverbs are arranged in the largest collection of all, the 375 verses, beginning with chapter 10, verse 1, and ending with uh, chapter 22, verse 16. This is the heart of Sefer Mishlei, and I think by intent, the editors arranged Mishalim in a series that does not make content sense, but has a lot of literary similarities. In other words, you cannot connect one pasuk with another. This is a perfect example. Gam anosh l'sadik loto sounds like there should be something coming before it, but nothing is coming before it that, that goes with it. Ka'as aviv ben kasir Gam anosh l'sadik loto does not follow from that. Whereas in verse 28, you have in 27, and then Now, the Gam beginning verse 28 actually adds something to verse 27. It enhances verse 27. It sort of brings verse 27 home. But the Gam in verse 26 and also the Gam in verse 9 of chapter 18 does not follow from the Pasuk that comes before. So it's very clear that even though the editor has arranged three psukim beginning with Gam in a 12-verse unit and another Pasuk with the word Gam in the middle of the Pasuk, that's 18.3, Vavo, Rasha, Ba, Gam, Buz, doesn't change the point that content-wise the most you can string together is a few psukim at a time. After that, the theme changes. I think the reason for that is the editors want to keep you interested. If you keep basically hammering home one theme, you get bored. So the editors always manage to start another theme. Now, remember I pointed out in the intro to this whole section that things are getting a bit more sophisticated once we pass chapter 16, and we're getting mulachim, we're getting the divim. In this pasuk, the word anosh does not mean punishment, it means to find, something like kenas does 
in uh, rabbinic literature. When it says in this Parshat Mishpatim, that's talking about a fixed amount depending upon what stage of pregnancy the woman is in who has had a miscarriage as a result of a a physical accident that was initiated by the guilty party. Um, And in the Tanakh in general, the word anosh means something that the court is going to assess and then, you know, make someone pay. Tzadik here does not mean righteous like it does elsewhere in Mishlei. Here it means innocent party, the party who basically is the, in the right in, let's say, a court case. And um, so the, the point of verse 26 is very similar to the point of verse 15 of chapter 17 when the editor of Mishlei placed the verse, Matzdik Rasha Umashiach Tzadik this is also talking about judges in a court case. Now, you would think that this verse 15 should really precede verse 26, then it would work perfectly. And at one time, perhaps those two verses were strung together, but when the editors of Mishlei, Chizkiyahu V'siyatot, edited the various Mishalim that they had you know, left from the collections of Shlomo and the collections that even came before Shlomo, they decided to mix it up, and every so often you find, you know, you have to go to a verse further back in order to make sense out of what's being said here as a gun. Now we talk about Lashon, another favorite theme in Mishle. A person who knows something, knows better than to talk very much. Chosech means withhold. And kar or yikaruach, okay, Kar, I think, is a better reading, okay? Ishtabuna, a wise person has, is, keeps their cool. That will be the best English translation. And now the gam works. Gam avil macharish chacham yechashev otein svatav This is even a double proverb with a progressive second verse. Silence is such a wonderful thing that even a person who's a fool, if they just keep quiet, people might think them to be wise. Chapter 18, verse 1, is a difficult verse. It's called in Perushim, Pasuk Satum. The first part, I think, can be explained. People who want to go out and do whatever they want have a way of separating themselves from the community. But the second part of the verse is difficult. Uh, Let's just say, I'll take the NS... RSV translation, they show contempt for all that have sound judgment, but that's just a guess. Again, we're talking about speech. If the kasil doesn't talk, nobody knows they're a kasil. But the problem is that a lot of kasilim don't even want learning, they just want to talk. The bringing, the arrival of the Rasha usually leads to some kind of an action that causes contempt. And furthermore, the, 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 the rogue, the best example of this in Tanakh is Chachni and Pinchas, you know, the ones who basically brought the Aron into the, into the war battle and then had it captured because of all the 
contempt that they showed for the our own Brit and the Asarata Dibrot that were inside it. They were a Shayan. They brought to the Jewish people Cologne and Kherpa. Hashem actually says to Eli, and when uh, Pinchas's wife gives birth and dies in childbirth, she calls the child Ikavod Ki Nilkach Aron HaElohim. Perfect illustration of what this pasuk is, is is about. Mayim amukim ish nacha Now you notice when you get to the second group of Proverbs 16 to 22, you don't have that much about chachma the way we had in the first group. But, but, but they're going to stick it in and mention it from time to time because after all, this is safe from Mishlech. So, you know, mayim amukim, the heath waters, what a person says, nachan In other words, wisdom is something that keeps, you know, kenachan um, that the word, the, a flowing brook that constantly comes up with new words, new ideas, new waters. Could have well followed on the pasuk that we started with, gam anosh lotov. Notice how many times we have lotov. I have a feeling that this verse is being put here in order to give us a little group of verses, six through eight, and also have a wordplay from Mahalumot in verse six to Mitlahamin in verse 8, even they don't mean the same thing. Mahalumot means blows. Mitlahamim means tidbits that taste very good. But the, you know, the wordplay, the parona measure cannot be missed. So the, 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 the lips of the fool just bring about strife, and what he comes out of his mouth calls for blows to keep him from, you know, continuing, but of course, he doesn't stop, ends up falling in a trap that was set by his own words. And we only found out exactly what this word, which is only here in the whole Tanakh, means because of uh, studying cognate language. But we now know that the whispers of gossip that people say to each other are very juicy tidbits and go all the way down to the deepest insides of the person. Meaning, you may think it's a whisper, but the fact of the matter is you're whispering things about other people and other people hear it and then they go around talking and the thing just goes to one to another, gets changed in each version and ends up in chadrevat and causing a, you know, and it was, you think it's just a tidbit when you eat it, but it's going to go down and basically become part of your body. So think about the things you whispered before you whisper them. And finally, the unit ends up with a totally new idea that has absolutely nothing to do with the content above or the contents, you know, below. It's simply another idea that comes out with the word gam. And the gam does not 
follow from what was above you. But it's an important point that Mishle is trying to make. Rapevel Havnachto is a person who doesn't do their work properly. And if you don't do your work properly, you're like a vandal. That's what a Baal Mashkit is. In other words, it's like you're causing deliberate damage. Mishle is trying to say, let's take a profession so you know we can get the idea of a builder. You know, a builder who builds a house and leaves something in the house that hasn't been done properly is equivalent in the eyes of the Tanakh to a person who actually comes and does physical damage to the house. And that's an interesting statement, and it's something to really think about. It's certainly really true. Migdal owes Shem Hashem Bo Yarutz Sadik Ministav. With verse 10, we're starting another thought unit. But like I said, the, the words play is more important than the actual way the verses are arranged. This verse probably is coming from or similar to Yancha Hashem Yom Sarah Yisagevcha El Hayakov. In other words, the idea is that the trust in Shem Hashem is like a tower of strength to which a righteous person can always escape and be protected. Hon Ashir Kiryat Uzal Uchachama Miskava Bamaskito. We're going to pause here for a bit to learn a lot of things about the organization of Sefer Musa. In chapter 10, we have the same first half of a verse. Hon Ashir Kiryat Uzal. But there, since the proverb was antithetical, it continued with Mechitat Dalin Reisham. Here, it, can, it develops the idea, but it also puts a little plug on it. The Ashir thinks that his wealth is a great protected, strong city and protected by a great wall. But maskit basically means your imagination. It's essentially what you put out there, you know, that you construct. In other words, it may not be the case at all. You can be wealthy today and poor tomorrow. It all evaporates. This means that the first half of the verse is the part to remember. Hon, Ashir, Kiryat, And then a second half can be attached by the editors depending upon what collection of proverbs they happen to be dealing with. And they're going to arrange it accordingly. Another thing we should be aware of are the Sidarim. The, the, the Jewish way of doing Sfarim and Tanakh is not by arranging them by chapters. That was done by the Archbishop Langdon, but rather by Sidarim. Sidarim are the way the Torah was read in Eretz Yisrael. The Torah was read on a triennial cycle, three, three and a half years. The 154 Sidarim in the current Tanakh, about 167 in the Chorev. Tanakh, which is, represents closer to Ketar Aram Sova. And then in the Yemenic Ketuvim are arranged in 193 Siddharim, probably to give you a seder to read every day of the year if the Torah is not read. In Mishle, there are eight Siddharim. Now, considering the fact that there are 915 verses, that means each seder 
average is more than 100 verses, whereas in the Torah, the average Seder is more like 30 verses. The reason being that in the Torah, the Sederim are arranged in some way by the way the Prakim are arranged. That means by the way they would sound in terms of as a unit. But in the Nevi'im Ketuvim, generally a Seder is, starts at a Pasuk, which basically shows something that the editor of the Sedarim wants you to remember. A Pasuk that usually shows trust and faith in Hashem or some other pious thought. Migdal Oz is a, a pious thought. It's something that basically the editors want you to remember. So that's where the Seder starts. Migdal Oz, Shem Hashem, Bo Yarutz, Sadik Vinishkav. If you have a corner or a Choreb Tanakh, you'll see either a Samach there on the margin, or you'll see the number of the Seder there. I've mentioned this before. It doesn't happen that often, so each time it happens, I might just mention it. I'm also going to talk later on when we get to chapter 20, 19 and 22 about Petuchot and Sedubot. Those are the only types of divisions that we recognize. Sedarin, Petuchot, and Sedubot. And chapters are, to us, simply reference points. Lifnei Shever Yigvale Vish, Lifnei Kavod Anava. Now, if we remember at the end of chapter 15, I said I was going to leave with Nekavod Anava to discuss for later because it was also used as the ending of chapter 15, but there it was used in a proverb which the two parts did not seem to have anything to do with each other. But here it's clear that this is an antithetic parallelism, which is something that in this section we're not going to see too often. A person's gets proud and then ends up being broken. And if a person wants to have kavod, they first have to have humility. This is one of the basic themes in Mishlech. The person who's rode factor ha kavod, ha kavod boracha mimenu. So a person who basically would like to be honored should carry themselves off as humbly as possible. Don't answer or respond to a person until the person has finished and expressed their idea. Don't interrupt the person in the middle of trying to present an idea to, to you. If you do that, it's an evela to you and a klima to you. And this is another thing that Chazal say, in Pirkei Avot, about the Midot Shahatorah and Nikdei Pahem. And one of them is, Eino Nechnas Letoch Divrei Chavero. Ruach Ish Yechalkel Machalehu, Ruach Necheah Mi Yisraena. Now, this is interesting. There are two parallel verbs here. Alechalkel and Lase. Lechalkel means to finance, to somehow see to it, to subsidize. Yosef was mechalkel etechav in Mitzrayim. Uh, in the word parnasah does not exist in the Tanakh. It's a post-biblical word. But lechalkel, which basically comes from the word kol, was a person's illness depends upon their mindset, and nobody can carry a mindset of total depression. Lev navon yiknedat v'ozen tchachamim t'vakeshdat. Again, these are, this is a synonymous problem. In other words, 
you know, a person who has an understanding heart, kenei chachma, this is an idea that Mishle has again and again, to buy it, that means to pay for it. It means if you want the basic Bajoran wisdom, you're going to have to pay to hear the words of the wise. They're not necessarily free. Sometimes they are. But sometimes you have to go to school to take courses, and you have to pay for them. And you should do this if there's a good speaker and there's a charge to hear the good speaker on a Torah subject. Pay the charge. It supports the institution. You can't get wisdom unless you're prepared to, to support the people who earn their living from teaching wisdom to you. And then when you finally get to hear them, then listen carefully to what they say. Look after Da'at the way you would look after, like, you know, in Shir Hashirim, the girl chasing after her lover. Be kashtiv alomitzativ. In Mishle, Shlomo is not talking about the lover. He's talking about wisdom. Wisdom you have to chase. It does not just come to you. You've got to chase it. You have to pay for it. You've got to work on it. Otherwise, you're not going to achieve it. Matan adam Now, we tend to think of matana as a present. But actually, in Mishlei, it often means something more like a bribe. Okay, it has a it has a meaning that isn't too far away from shochat, and this is similar to what was said before about shochat. In other words, you know, whatever you give people, you know, as a present, you're getting to do this in order to achieve getting yourself in front of somebody important. And Mishlei often just has problems that are called, like I said before, secular wisdom. That means. Simply observations of the way things are in life. Doesn't approve them. Obviously, in this case, it disapproves them. But, you know, wants to call things like they are. Now, Sadiq Karishon Berivo, Uva Reyehu Vachakara. The person who starts the fight thinks that they are 100% correct or right. Until the person who they're starting the fight with inquires and shows that basically what they're saying isn't correct. Now, Mishle is aware in society that there are ways of adjudicating disputes that do not involve a human court, but the Garol, which essentially, presumably, gives us the will of Hashem. Now, it's certainly clear that this was true about the Nachalot, that the fact that everyone, you know, trusted that the Goral was going to basically give each tribe the right Nachala basically meant that there were very few border disputes in between tribes. There were other issues, but border disputes rarely happened. The only question I already mentioned was that Ephraim felt that they didn't have a, as large a Nachala as they needed, but nobody questioned the Goral. Ach, Notice again, twice we have the words for strife. Notice how many times words for strife are occurring in chapter 18. Notice also how many times the, 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 we're getting a feeling of there's a court, there's disputes that have to be settled. The whole chapter sort of breathes 
this thing about Riv, which has already been mentioned quite often in chapter 17 and 16 too, but not in 10 through 15. So a person basically starts something and it look, you know, and, and, and causes harm to their neighbor. Then this ends up with a major league fight. In other words, it's better, you know, the, 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 in fact, the more likely it's going to be a major league fight when you start a fight with someone close to you, like a brother. Take a look and say for gracious. In Freudian psychology, which is the rage today, all the problems of life come from the parents. Okay? Very interesting. In Braishit, that's not the case at all. Okay? Braishit is a book about families. There's one generation of families after another. And the issue of you know, parent-child issues are relatively minor. The real issues of safer bracelets are sibling rivalry issues. Bracelet starts off with the first sibling rivalry ends up in a murder. Kind kills Heva. There are plenty of other sibling rivalries in safer bracelets, Asa of Yaakov, Yosef, and his brothers, which almost end up in murders, but in the end they don't. That's somehow resolved. But one of the things we get very clear in Safer Brescia is when rivalry exists between sibs, it can often lead to really terrible outcomes. Aesop wanted to kill Yaakov after Yaakov stole the bracha from him. He cooled off. And the brothers proceed to sell Yosef into slavery, and that's only after they give up the idea of killing him. So, you know, by, by you know, Hashem essentially works it out in such a way that we have a happy ending. Yosef says, Va'atem chashatem alay Elohim But it doesn't change the point that the Mishra is trying to make the, 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 the idea clear that the, the closer the people are to each other, the worse the strife can become. Mi pri pi ish yispa. The next two psukim go together, and with them we're going to end uh, chapter 18 and start tomorrow with Matzah Isha Matzah Tel, uh, which will be recited. Uh, we'll have a little surprise. Right now, me pripiyish hispa bitno, tabuasvatab yispa, mavet vachayim biyad vashon, biyavaha yochal priya. It's very clear that Mishle is trying to say to finish up this whole unit talking about talking, discussing the fruits of too much talking, is people love to talk. They fill themselves up with talking. They don't stop talking. They think talking is what life is about. But yes, it is. that is what life is about. If you talk too much, in other words, uh, later on, Mishra is going to have a proverb that says, Shomer piv ulishono, Shomer mitzarot nafshav. In other words, you eat the fruit of what you say. The wise person uses their lips and their tongue to talk Torah and does not spend their time gossiping about people. You know, once in a while you can talk about news and events, but the most important thing to talk about is issues relating to Torah. And that's what Hashem gave people the gift of speech to do. And, you know, like 
this pasuk very much sounds like the pasuk in the end of Parshat Nisavim. Hachayim v'hamavet natati lefonecha habracha v'haklala uvacharta v'chayim v'man tichyeh atav zarecha. People who want to live a long and satisfying life use their lips, their mouth, and their brains to basically express Torah thoughts. With this, we're done for today. Shalom. And tomorrow, we will do chapter 19, beginning with verse 22 of chapter 18. See you tomorrow. Shalom.